Amen. All right, well, we're there in Ephesians chapter number two, and on Wednesday nights, we are, it's our Bible study night, of course, and we are studying through the book of Ephesians. I like Wednesday nights because we get to go just verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and there's no, uh, there's no rush, really. We can take our time and really break down some of these passages and learn from them. If you remember last week, we ended uh, Ephesians chapter one. We took a couple of weeks uh, to be in Ephesians one. We'll probably take several weeks to be in Ephesians two. And uh, we just, with, with books like these, there's so much in it, we just kind of take uh, subject by subject as the Apostle Paul is breaking them down. And what we're going to learn about tonight in the first seven verses, really, of this chapter, we learn about three different families that you either are a part of, or you, you're definitely part of one, and you may be a part of another one. And I want you to notice this. And um, I think it'll make sense as we look at it. You're, you're there in Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 1. The Bible says this. And you have the quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. And of course, that's a famous verse. And we're going to come back to that here in a minute. Why don't you notice verse 2. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in. I want you to notice the next several words here. We find the first uh, of these families and it says, the children of disobedience. And there are, like I said, three families that we'll look at tonight. And the first family is what I refer to as the family of Adam, or what we would call the family of mankind. And you are born into the family of human beings. Uh, of course, at your birth, you were born a human. And the Bible calls this family the children of of disobedience. We are called, and I'd like you to notice that there's a description for the family of Adam. There's several descriptions. I'm going to show you, uh, show you a couple of them. And one is that we are called the children of disobedience. This is not the only place that we hear that we, uh, learn this title or learn this, uh, name. In fact, you're there in Ephesians 2. If you flip over to Ephesians chapter 5 and look at verse number 6, in Ephesians 5 and verse 6, the Bible says this, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God. And I want you to notice it says, upon the children of disobedience. So when we see this phrase, the children of disobedience, we're talking about the family of Adam, the descendants of Adam, and the fact that we are the descendants of Adam. And I want you to notice in these passages how there's something emphasized Uh, about the children of disobedience, and it is the wrath of God. Because you're there in verse 6, right? Ephesians 5, 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh... Notice, I just want you to notice the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Go to Colossians chapter number 3. You're there in Ephesians. Of course, Ephesians is our book for tonight, so make sure you keep your place there, a ribbon or a bookmark or something like that. We're going to leave it and come back to it. But if you're there in Ephesians, you're going to go past the book of Philippians into the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Notice verse number 6, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 6, the Bible says this, For which things sake, and again, just notice the emphasis, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. For which things sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. So we have this family and we see that they're referred to as the children of disobedience. Now, why is that or why would that be a name given to uh, human beings, to those of us that are in the family of Adam, to those of us that are the descendants of Adam, to those of us who are in the family of mankind. Well, go, go to Romans, if you would, Romans chapter number five, and if you head backwards, you're going to go past Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, 
2 and 1 Corinthians into the book of Romans, Romans 5. And here's what's interesting, is that the Bible tells us about Adam and Eve, and of course you're familiar with the story of Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis, how they disobeyed God, they sinned. The Bible tells us that Eve was deceived. It tells us this in several different ways. First Timothy tells us she was deceived. Other passages tell us she was beguiled. She even said that the serpent beguiled her, meaning he tricked her. But the Bible does not tell us that Adam was deceived. The Bible tells us that Adam was disobedient. In Romans 5 and verse 19, I'll give you an example. The Bible says this, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. I want you to understand that the difference between Adam and Eve and the reason that throughout the Bible, the person who takes the blame for allowing sin into the world, though it was Eve who ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and gave it to her husband, the difference is, other than the fact that, of course, Adam was the leader, is the fact that Eve was beguiled, she was tricked, she was deceived, the Bible tells us, into doing it, where Adam was disobedient. Adam chose to sin, knowing full well what he was doing, and because of that, he takes the blame. And the Bible tells us, for as by one man's disobedience, referring to Adam, were many made sinners, referring to all of us, and then we are told that we are the descendants of Adam, and we're called the children of disobedience, because we were brought into this world as sinners, we were born sinners, uh, because we were born with the sin nature of Adam in regards to his disobedience. But we're not only called, and this family is not only called the children of disobedience, it also has a different uh, name. Go back to Ephesians, if you would, and I'll show it to you. And And if you remember, we saw in Ephesians 5, and we also saw in Colossians 3, the emphasis upon the wrath of God, right? The wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, is what Colossians 3, 6 said. The wrath of God upon the children of disobedience, is what Ephesians 5 and verse 6 said. In Ephesians 2, 3, the Bible says this, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past. Now, he says we all had our conversation in time past in the family of the children of disobedience because you're born into the family of, uh, of the children of disobedience by nature. Just when you were born, you were born into the family of the children of disobedience or the family of Adam. Notice verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, notice, and were Notice these words, by nature, naturally, without you doing anything, just when you were born, we were born by nature, notice the words, the children of wrath, even as others. So notice, the family of Adam, human beings, mankind, is referred to in the Bible as the children of disobedience. Why? Because we're descendants of Adam. Because wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, because of his disobedience, we are the children of disobedience, but we're also referred to as the children of wrath. Why is that? Well, go to the book of John, if you would. I'll show you one passage on this, John chapter 3, and there's lots of things for us to look at tonight. We're going to be flipping a lot, so just be ready. It's Bible study night. You're supposed to want to study the Bible, so we're going to go throughout the Bible and show you several things. But I want you to notice in 1 John chapter 3, 
I'm sorry, not 1 John, John chapter 3, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospel according to John, chapter 3 and verse 36. Of course, in John 3, we've got the famous John 3, 16, we've got John 3, 15, we've got a lot of famous passages, but in John 3, 36, the Bible says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, right? And the Son there is the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. If you believe on the Son, you hath, meaning you, the word hath is an archaic word that means have or possess, present tense, you have everlasting life. But notice what the Bible says, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, notice these words, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now why is that? Because of the fact that you're born a sinner. You're born into the family of Adam. You're born a children of disobedience, a child of disobedience. And you're also the children of wrath. Or I should say, we are the children of wrath because the wrath of God abideth on all unsaved people. Human beings are all condemned to hell. We have a song in the hymn book where it refers to us as the children of hell. And that's a biblical term because we're the children of wrath. And wrath, of course, is hell is the wrath of God. We are the children of disobedience. So when you're born, you're born into this family called the family of Adam or the family of mankind. And the Bible refers to it, or refers to us, as the children of disobedience and as the children of wrath, because it is because of disobedience that we are under the wrath of God. Now, I gave you here some descriptions of the family of Adam. If you'd go back to Ephesians chapter 2, let me give you what the Bible uh, teaches here as the depiction of the children of Adam. Notice how they are depicted, or how I should say we, before our salvation, were depicted in uh, the Bible. Ephesians 2, look at verse 2. Wherein, and again, Paul is speaking to the church at Ephesus. He's speaking to believers, and he says this, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. And here's what he's saying. People that are the children of disobedience, people that are the children of wrath, just normal, unregenerated, unsaved, unbelieving, no spirit of life in them, uh, spiritually dead, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. These people, the Bible says, they walk according to the course of this world, meaning there is a course set up for them, and they're just walking down that course, they're just walking in the path of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We're going to come back to that. Notice verse 3, among whom also, notice what Paul says, he says, we all. Now he says we all because everyone was here at some point. Everybody was born a sinner, and you, 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 if you're saved, you got saved. You weren't born saved. You, weren't born, you say, I was born a Baptist. All right, that's great, but you weren't born saved. You got saved because you're a sinner. And he says, among whom also we all had our conversation. Now, in our King James Bible, this word conversation is an older word. It means conduct or behavior. It's referring to a manner of life. He says, he says we all had our conversation, our conduct, our behavior, our manner of life. Notice, in time past, and listen to this, this is what the world's about. This is what worldly people are about. This is what unsaved people just naturally, all on their own, this is what their lives are about. Notice, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath even as others. And this is a consistent teaching throughout the Bible. 
The fact that all the world has to offer is the lust of the flesh and the fulfilling desires of the flesh. Go to 1 John, if you would, at the end of the book of, uh, at the end of the New Testament, you've got Revelation, of course. If you head back, you got uh, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, 1st John chapter 2. And I want to show you just the consistency, because here's what Paul is saying, and here's what he's telling us in these first three verses. He says, he says, you now are quickened. He said, you were dead in trespasses and sins. We're going to come back to that. But he says, you, you were uh, 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 the children of wrath. You were the children of disobedience. And here's what the children of disobedience do. Their conduct is according to the course of this world. It's according to what this world has to offer. And he says, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires. Are you there in First John 2? Look at verse chapter uh, uh, 15. First John chapter 2 and verse 15. Notice what the Bible says. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Notice what the Bible says in verse 16. For all, for all that is in the world, and this is all the world has to offer, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And here's what, and here's what Paul is telling us. He's telling us the world only offers this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And look, if you live your life outside of God, that's all there is. If you live your life outside of, of the fact that there is a God that created you with a plan, with a purpose, that God has uh, 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 things for you, He has blessings for you, He has plans that He's uh, 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 predestinated you for, uh, Paul is teaching us in the book of Ephesians, he says without that, you're just walking th- this life, just fulfilling the desires of your flesh, the desires of your mind. And here's the point. The point is this. The world can't stop sinning if they wanted to. Now, you and I, we struggle with sin because of the fact that, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, we've got the flesh and the spirit. But the world, unsaved people, they don't have the spirit. They just have the flesh. And the flesh just by nature, just naturally, is in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Because all the world has to offer is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now go, go back to Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to notice, not only are we all, or is everybody, just by nature born into this family of Adam. They're the children of disobedience. They're the children of wrath. And then by nature, they just walk down the course of this world. And by nature, they are just fulfilling the lust of their flesh and the lust of their eyes and the pride of life. Of life. But I want you to notice that they are just by nature, just by the fact that they're born human beings, they are also, uh, their conduct is according to the prince of this world. It's not only according to the course of this world, but it is according to the prince of this world. And, uh, of course, the prince of this world is none other than the devil himself. Are you there in Ephesians 2? Look at verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. But then he says this. He says, Unsaved people, and I want you to understand this, unsaved people are not necessarily just these, uh, and I shouldn't even say necessarily, they're, they're not, just by nature, they're not just these devil-worshipping, just, you know, they have an agenda, it's to serve Lucifer. Now, there is a family like that, we're going to talk about them tonight, but unsaved people, they're not that, they're not that. But here's what you need to understand, they are 
either unknowingly, unwillingly, unwittingly, whatever, they are under the influence of Satan because of the fact that they are just walking according to the course of this world. And really, that's what makes a, a huge difference between those of us that are trying to follow the Bible and those of us that are not, is that God has called us to come out from among them and be separate, right? God has called us to live a peculiar life. God has called us to live a separated, different life than the world. Because the world, they're just doing whatever the world is doing. Whatever's on TV, whatever's on Facebook, whatever's on YouTube, whatever music, whatever, you know, LGBTs, you know, when it wasn't popular, then it wasn't popular, and it's popular now, so great, no big deal. They just do whatever the course of this world tells them. But here's the problem with that, is that the course of the world is set according to the prince of the power of the air. See, the one who is running this world is the prince of the power of the air, Satan. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, notice, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So it is Satan who is setting the agenda for the entire world. It is Satan who is setting the course for the entire world. And unsaved people, they're just born the children of wrath. They're born the children of disobedience and they just get on this path where they just kind of walk down and they just, you know, dress like everyone and think like everyone and talk like everyone and they just flow down the river of the course of the world and the one setting that course is the devil. Now I want you to notice the Bible refers to him here as the prince of the power of the air. You learn Ephesians 2. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 6 and I want you to understand that the word prince is simply a word meaning leader or the one who is in charge, meaning first, uh, uh, you know, principle along those terms. Ephesians 6 and verse 11, notice what the Bible says, and we'll, of course, get into Ephesians 6 later on in this Bible study. But in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, the Bible says this, put on the whole armor of God. Okay, this is not the children of wrath. These are believers. They are commanded to put on the whole armor of God. You say, why? That ye may be able to stand against the wiles, notice, of the devil. Well, why would I want to stand against the wiles of the devil? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, notice, but against principalities. Do you see that? Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And here's the truth. The truth is this, that this world is controlled by the devil and by his uh, demons by his devils. And people, you know, they always want, people like to talk about conspiracies, and if that's your thing, that's, I'm fine with that. I don't really care, you know, but people always want to talk about the Illuminati or the Masons or whatever. You say, do you believe in all that? Here's what I believe in the devil's controlling them all. You know, whether there's an Illuminati, I'm sure there is. Whether the Masons, I'm sure they are. But you know what? Trump, he's being controlled by the devil too. Because the prince of the power of the air is the one that controls the course of this world. And, and look, you, you say, who's controlling the governments of this world? The devil. And as you study the Bible, you'll find that often, you know, you have the prince of this land or the prince of that land. And there'll be another spiritual prince that is actually controlling that one. Why? Because there is principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. And look, this world is controlled right now by Satan. Now, because God allows it, because God is, is, is the God that gives free 
course and allows people to do whatever they're going to do. And of course, one day God is going to put the devil in the lake of fire and, 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 and you know, uh, we'll put him in the, in the bottomless pit and then put him in the lake of fire and, and take control of this world. But for now, the Bible is clear that the devil is in charge of this world. Let me give you another example. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are there in Ephesians? If you go Galatians, uh, or go backwards, you got Galatians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, and um, go, go to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to need to go to 1 Corinthians in a minute, but go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and look at verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says this, in whom the God, I want you to notice that the word God there, you've got a, a lowercase g, not a capital G. But a lowercase g, our translators, the King James translators, the people decided to do this, these things, they, they put a lowercase g there because this is not the God, it's not the true God, notice, in whom the lowercase g God of this world, notice, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Who are those which believe not? The children of disobedience, the children of wrath, those who are by nature the children of wrath. The Bible says that he hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest, notice these words, and I just want you to remember this, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And here we're told that the devil is the lowercase g, God of this world, and he hath blinded the minds of them which Believe not. Why? Because he is in control of this world, and because he's in control of the world, he sets the agenda, he sets the course, and those that are born by nature into the family of the children of wrath, or the children of disobedience, they just get on that course, and they just fulfill the agenda of the devil. Go to Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter 4. Let me show you this even further. Matthew chapter 4. There's a reason... Why, at the temptation of Christ, the devil offered the kingdoms of this world to Jesus? The reason is because the devil is in control of the kingdoms of this world. Matthew chapter 4, look at verse number 8. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 8, notice what the Bible says. And again, we're going to jump into the midst of this story where Jesus is being tempted by the devil. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8, the Bible says this, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. So notice, he shows them all the kingdoms of the world. And of course, I, I believe this is miraculous, the fact that he's able to show them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them in this moment. Verse 9, And saith unto him, so this is the devil saying to Jesus, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And of course, Jesus refuses to, and Jesus rebukes him using the word of God. But here's the point. The fact that the devil could offer all the kingdoms of the world to Jesus because of the fact that he's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. He is the principality, and he is the powers. He is the rulers of the darkness of this world, and he sets the agenda for this world. So look, when the world is telling you certain things, you say, everybody in the world is telling me. Realize, when everybody in the world is telling you, it's okay to fornicate, it's okay to shack up before you're married, LGBTQ, that's normal, that's great, let's have them everywhere. Let's have, look, when the world is telling you things, just realize that's coming from the devil. It's coming from Satan. Because he is, you say, well, are unsaved people all these devil worshipers? No, they're just unsaved. 
They're just the children of wrath. They're the children of disobedience. And they're just ignorantly on the course of this world that is being set by the prince of the power of the air, the devil himself. So we begin tonight by looking at this family, the family of Adam. But I'd like you to go back to Ephesians 2, if you would, and I'd like to show you a second family. Not only do we have the family of Adam or the family of mankind, which is the children of, the ra- of wrath or the children of disobedience, but I'd like you to notice also the family of God. And there is a differentiation between the family of God and the family of, nat- of by nature, the wrath of God or, or the wrath or uh, disobedience. Notice Ephesians 2 and verse 1. Paul says this, and he's talking to saved people. He says, and you have he quickened. Now, the word quick or quicken is an old word. It means to make alive or to give life to. He says, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to get too much into this. At the funeral, I actually preached a sermon about this and, and talked about it. But when we are born into this world, as babies, we are born with a spirit. Our spirit is what communicates with God, is what gives us access to God. But when we get to the place where we understand and we're able to discern between good and evil, when we can understand the law, Paul said that the commandment brought death, that the commandment, he said, sin revived and I died. And when uh, human beings get to the point where they can understand the law, they can understand sin, they can understand that they are sinners, the Bible says your spirit dies. That's why you need to be saved, because the part of you that connects to God, the part of you that speaks to God is dead, your spirit you're born uh, a, a human being, and you're born in the image of God and in the likeness of God. And I believe the reference to that, and I'm giving you a lot of things to, to consider tonight, but I believe the reference to that is the fact that we serve a God that is three persons that are one God. And in a way that is like that, we are not three persons but we are three, we are one person that is created in three parts. You've got your body, and you've got your soul, and you've got your spirit, and your body, of course, is the physical aspect of you. Your soul is who you are. It's, it's what makes you you, and it's how you connect, and how you're able to understand with other human beings. And then you've got your spirit. That's how we connect to God, right? That's why, and by the way, when the law revives, your spirit dies, you become spiritually discerned. For we talked about last week in Ephesians 1. That's why the natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. Because there is no spirit. Their spirit is dead. But at the moment of salvation, the Bible says that God quickens your spirit. He makes your spirit alive. And this is why Paul said, And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Look at verse 4. He says, But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. And by the way, this is why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. You say, oh, oh, well, what's the new creature? Well, you had a spirit that was quickened. You had a spirit that was made alive. By the way, this is why Jesus called salvation being born again. Why? Because there's actually new life in you. 
When you got saved, a spirit was quickened, was made alive. There was a new man. That's why the Bible calls him the new man. The new man versus the old man. The spirit versus the flesh. All these things are referring to the fact that when you got saved, you were made a new person. You were dead in sins, but he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. In John 5, 24, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Why? Because you were born, and I was born, a child of disobedience, children of wrath, under the wrath of God, dead in our trespasses and sins. And for those of us that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we were quickened uh, and we were made alive We're created a new creature. There is a new creature inside of us. And, and, uh, you know, let me just go ahead and throw this out there, and I don't have time to develop this because we're running out of time already, but let me say this. If you understand the fact that you were born a sinner, you've got your flesh that's a sinner, and at salvation there was a new man, a new creature created in you, and it's a spiritual man, That'll help, that'll help you understand all, all of the writings of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. People get so confused when they read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and they're like, the Bible says that we're not, we're not, after salvation, you don't sin. What is that? Is that sinless perfection? No, look, what the Bible is teaching is that inside of you there are two people. There's the old man, there's the new man. There's the flesh, there's the spirit. This is taught throughout the entire Bible. Romans 7 teaches it. All throughout the Bible, the teaching is this. Your spiritual man never sins. He doesn't sin. He's born of God. He's partake. The Bible says he partook in the divine nature of God. He was begotten by God. The new man doesn't sin. The old man, when you sin, that's your old man. The old man is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. The old man, that's why all those lists about lying and fornication and drunkenness, that guy's not going to heaven. Here's the thing, that guy's not going to heaven. When you die, your flesh dies, that flesh is not going to heaven. Your soul goes to heaven, your spirit goes to heaven. You say, what about the resurrection? You get a new flesh. This corruptible puts on incorruption, and this mortal puts on immortality. That guy, and look, that's why John says, hey, You don't sin, the new man doesn't sin, the children of God don't sin. It's not sinless perfection. You sin, (laughs) but the new man inside of you doesn't sin. And that's why in Christianity, in in our faith, there's this this battle between the old man and the new man. Sometimes people ask me, they say, man, I I have a desire to serve God, but I also have a desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Am I even saved? And I always tell them, that proves you're saved. Because let me explain something to you. Worldly people, they don't have that struggle. The children of wrath, the children of disobedience, they just get on the course of this world. They just fulfill the lust of the flesh. They just fulfill the lust of their minds. They don't give it a second thought. There's no, there's no inner battle between the spirit man and the old man. That, that, that old man, he just does whatever. He doesn't care. By the way, it is the spirit. It is the spiritual man. When you're in church and, 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 and the word of God is being preached, or when you go to the red-hot preaching conference and you've got all these great preachers just ripping your face off, and you're just loving it, you know who's loving it? It's the spiritual man. You get unsaved people in here, they're like, what is this? 
Why is that guy yelling? Why is he so mad? I don't even understand what he's saying. It's the spiritual man that connects your spirit, that connects with the Word of God, with God, with the Holy Spirit. It is the family of God. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, and you had the quickened who were dead, and you were made a new creature. And by the way, this is our security. Not only is this our salvation. What's our salvation? Our salvation is this. We were dead. Now we're alive. Our spirit was dead and is now alive. That transaction is done. We are secure in Christ. My, you say, well, what about the redemption of the purchased possession? That's the body. That's what we're still waiting on, the fact that this body has to die. Good night. Ever since that stinking football game, this thing has never been the same. What was I saying? The course of this world, you know? The prince of the power of the air. This body is what we're still waiting on for redemption. And this body one day will be redeemed as well, of course, at the rapture. But I want you to notice that not only do we see our salvation in Christ, we see our security. Ephesians 2 and verse 6. And I want you to notice the wording. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And hath raised us up together. You see the word hath there? The word hath is a present tense word. Present tense means it's a state that currently exists. He says, and hath raised us up together. Now, let me ask you something. Have we been raised up together yet with Christ? No, we haven't. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, are we actually sitting in heavenly places right now? No, we're not. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. You say, well, why does the Bible state this as if it's already happened? And here's why. Because when God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. It's as good as done. In fact, the Bible says that God speaks of those things. He speaks of those things as they've already been done. He, he knows the end from the beginning. And God here, he's saying, look, you're, it's as good as done. You're already sitting in heavenly places. And by the way, in Christ Jesus. That's the only way you get in, in Christ Jesus. It has nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with your works. It has nothing to do with your repenting of your sins. It has all and everything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice uh, Ephesians chapter 5. You're there in Ephesians 2. We have the family of Adam, right? What are they? The children of wrath, the children of disobedience. What do they do? They just get on the course of this world. They just fulfill the lust of the flesh, the lust of the mind. They're not bad people. They're just, they've got nothing else to live for. But their desires but their job, and uh, money, and cars, and clothes, and music, and whatever. You know, they're just doing whatever, and they don't even necessarily realize that the person setting that agenda is the prince of the power of the air. But then you have the family of God. And we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but we have been quickened, we were born again, and we were born into the family of God. But notice what the Bible refers to us, or how the Bible refers to us, Ephesians 5 and verse 8, for ye were sometimes darkness. I want you to remember that. He's saying, you used to be darkness, he says, but now ye are light in the Lord. Didn't Jesus say, ye are the light of the earth? Notice what it says, walk as the children of light. Throughout the Bible, see, you've got the children of wrath, you have the children of disobedience, but then on the other end, you've got the children of light. 
Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You learn Ephesians? You're going to go past Philippians, Colossians, into 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 5. Notice what the Bible says. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So notice, we're called the children of light. We're called the children of the day. Go to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Beginning of the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 16. Notice what Jesus said. He gave this parable about how this unjust steward was smarter than, than those of us that are saved. And then he says, look, sometimes you can learn something from, from the world and not, not in regards to value or, or, you know, obviously getting on their agenda. But he's saying, look, sometimes the world, they work harder at the stupid things they're following than we do uh, at the things that actually matter. Do you understand what I just said? McDonald's has done a better job at reaching the world with their product than we've necessarily done with reaching the world with the gospel. And he says, and Jesus is saying, sometimes you can look at the world and get some ideas about effectiveness and efficiency and urgency. Luke 16, 8, and the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world. What are those? The children of wrath, the children of disobedience, are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And again, I just want you to notice, there's the children of this world, and then there's the children of light. There's the children of wrath and disobedience, and then there's the children of light. Go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Look at verse 36. John chapter 12, and uh, verse number 36. The Bible says this, While ye have light, remember, Jesus is the light. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. He says, while ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. How do you become a child of light? By believing in the light. Who's the light? The Lord Jesus Christ. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself. Go to Acts chapter 26. You're there in John. Uh, you're just going to uh, flip over to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 26. So you got the children of wrath, the children of disobedience, the children of this world, the natural unsaved man. He's dead in his trespasses and sins. And then you have the children of light. You say, how did you become the child of light? By believing in the light. John 12, 36. By coming to the light. This is why the Bible says when it comes to soul winning, this is why the Bible says in Acts 26 and verse 18, this is what Paul said. He said, to open their eyes, when we're preaching the gospel to people, what are we doing? What are we trying to do? to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. You say, well, what does that mean? Here's what it means. From the power of Satan unto God. Because when they're in darkness, they're under the power of Satan. They're on the course of this world, which is set by the prince of the power of the air, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith, uh, by, uh, faith that is in me. And here we have Paul saying, when you get somebody saved, or when you attempt to get somebody saved, you're, you're trying to get their eyes open and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. You say, why? Because there are two families so far. There's the family of Adam, which we're all born into. 
by nature, we're naturally born into the, we're born sinners, we're born disobedient, we're born in the wrath of God. You ever notice that you don't have to teach a kid to be disobedient? You don't have to teach a kid to lie. You don't have to teach a kid to have a bad attitude. You've got to teach them to not lie. You've got to teach them to obey. You've got to teach them to, to have a good attitude. But just by nature, they're just the child of wrath. They're the child of disobedience. But then when you get saved, ye that were dead in trespasses and sins, now you're quickened, you're made alive, you're made a new creature, you're born again, there's a new man, now you're in the family of God. And the Bible calls them the children of light. But I'd like you to notice that there's a third family. If you go to 1 John chapter 3, we're almost done. We'll be done in 15 minutes, Lord willing, <laughs> by grace, uh, by His grace. 1 John 3. If you look at the, uh, start at the back of the Bible, you got Revelation, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1 John. So we have the children of Adam. We have the children of God, right? But as many as received Him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Right? Paul says, now are we called the children of God. Then in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 10, I want you to notice what John wrote. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest. Notice, and the children of the devil. So not only does God, not, Adam has children, we're all it. Then God has his children, those who believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. But then the Bible says that there are also the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. And again, that's speaking about the spiritual man. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 44. We're just going to look at several verses, and then uh, we'll, we'll make an application. We'll finish up. John chapter 8, verse 44. John eight forty four. the Bible says this. This is what Jesus said. And by the way, he's saying this to religious people. You know that some of the hardest people to get saved are religious people? Sometimes it's just easier to get just an, just an unsaved guy saved, an unsaved lady, just a, just a normal, just whatever, I'm just kind of doing whatever the world tells me to do, whatever the devil tells me to do, I'm just kind of on that course, you know. But here we've got these uh, religious people and uh, these Pharisees, notice what Jesus said, John eight forty four: ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. But I want you to notice that Jesus looked at these people and he said, Ye are of your father the devil. Why? Because the devil has children as well. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Look at verse 36. You're there in John. Just go back. Luke, Mark, Matthew. Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 36. Matthew 13, 36, the Bible says this, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. So Jesus gave this parable of the tares of the field, and then the disciples are saying, Can you explain that to us? So he's about to explain it to them. Verse 37, He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. So in the parable, the person sowing the good seed was Jesus, the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. And notice here, Jesus tells us there are children of the kingdom, children of light, the children of God, and then there are children of the wicked one. 
or the children of the devil. In the Old Testament, they're referred to as the children of Belial. Let's look at that real quickly, and we'll finish up Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13. And look at verse 13. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 13. And I'll just show you two passages. There's lots of passages we could look at. Belial, or Beelzebub, or Baal, these are all Old Testament names that basically are just referring to Satan. And I won't take the time to develop that, but uh, the proof for that is that Jesus was accused by the Pharisees of not casting out devils by the power of the Spirit, but by casting it out by the power of Beelzebub. And Jesus said, you're saying I'm filled with Satan. So Satan, in the Old Testament, you've got all these false gods, but Beelzebub, Baal, Belial, that's Satan. Deuteronomy 13, 13. Because, by the way, all these false gods are just a bunch of devils. The Hindus worship, and all these false religions worship, they're just worshiping devils. An elephant with all these hands, it's just devils. Deuteronomy 13, 13. Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, let us go and serve other gods, which ye have not known. So notice, the children of Belial are trying to get people to come and serve other gods. Go to Judges chapter 20. Judges chapter 20. You're there in Deuteronomy, you got Joshua, Judges. Judges chapter 20. Look at verse number 13. Judges 20, 13. The Bible says this, Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death. Now if you remember, the children of Belial that they're referring to in Judges 20 are the people, are the sodomites, are the psychopath reprobates that were trying to rape a man in Judges 19 and who killed his concubine and forced her and had their way with them. Judges 19, that horrific story of Judges 19, in Judges 20 we're told that was the children of Belial that did that, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death. And by the way, that's what God calls for the children of Belial, to be put to death. And to put away evil from Israel, but the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. So there's three families. Every human being is born into the family of Adam the family of mankind. And they are the children of wrath, and they are the children of disobedience. They're under the wrath of God. They've inherited the sin nature of Adam, and they just get on the course of this world, and they're just mindless tools of the devil. And, and, and all of us were who were unsaved. Just the devil sets the agenda, and we just go down that road. And if those people die, they go to hell. You say, why? Because they're under the wrath of God. Remember the children of wrath? But if someone preaches the gospel to them and opens their eyes and turns them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan into the power of life, if they believe on Jesus, if they hear the word and they believe on Jesus and they're passed from death into life and they're quickened and they're made alive, then they have a new man, they're born again, now they're in the children of light. Now they're the children of God. And you say, well, why did God do, why is God giving us these families? Well, we can often, and when we go soul winning, we often will use the illustration of a birth physically as a child of Adam to illustrate some characteristics of the child of God, right? You're born into your family, and nothing's going to undo that. Your mom and your dad are your mom and your dad forever. 
No matter what you do, they're always going to be your mom and your dad. You can't change your DNA. You can't change. They're just. You could stop having a relationship with them. You could never talk to them. But they're going to be your mom and your dad. Well, guess what? When you get born into the family of God, God's your father. Period. Don't ever stop being your father. You say, "Well, what if I? What if I go back to the world and what if I walk in the flesh?" Then you know what? You have a heavenly father who's going to correct you, who's going to chasten you. Just like physically, we might correct our children. Look, when my children are disobedient. Do I discipline them or do I throw them out of the family? I discipline them. I discipline them because I love them. I don't just throw them out of the family. You didn't make your bed, you're out of the family. But yet many people think that's why God is. Oh, you sin, I'm throwing you out of the family. No, you know what? When you got born into the family of God, you will always be a child of God. Nothing will change that. But you know what? In the same way, when people, are, when people become the child of the devil when they become a child of Belial, when they become the children of the wicked one, this is what the Bible calls a reprobate. And you know that nothing will change that? Say, we have eternal security. Yeah, you know what they have? Eternal damnation. Once the devil is their father, nothing will change it. Once they're in the family of the devil, you say, are all unsaved people in the family of the devil? No. But some people cross that line. You say, well, how do you get born into the family of the devil? Well, remember, how did you get born into the family of God? How did you become a child of light? You believed the light, and you became a child of light. Well, guess what Romans teaches? When you reject the light, when you reject the truth, when you choose not to believe, and you do that long enough and long enough and long enough, not, when you choose not to receive it, then guess what the light does? It rejects you. And your conscience is discerned. I mean, the Bible, this is what I understand, how people refuse to believe in the reprobate doctrine. When it's like you can, the Bible illustrates this in like a hundred different ways. Amen. Your conscience is seared. You're given over to a reprobate mind. You're a child of the devil. You're a child of the wicked one. Once you're a child of the devil, you can never come back. You can never come back. You're rejected. You say, well, what, what about, can a child of God become a child of the devil? No. And by, look, a child of God cannot become a child of the devil, and a child of the devil cannot become a child of God. Period. I don't care how many prayers Jeffrey Dahmer prayed in that cell. He was a child of the devil, and he could never become a child of God. That's what the Bible teaches. So there's these three families. We're all born into the family of Adam. And we're trying to get as many people into the family of God. But you know what? The devil's trying to get as many people into his family, too. Which is why, and he sets this agenda to try to get as many people that are just born by nature, the children of wrath, to try to get them down the path of becoming a reprobate, of becoming a tall devil. So he said, well, what do we do? Here's what we do. We go out into the highways and hedges, and we try to turn as many people from darkness to light. We try to take people from the power of Satan unto the power of God, so that they can become a child of God. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for this truth in, in the first uh, several uh, verses here of Ephesians. And uh, Lord, I, I pray you'd just help us to understand it. Help us to understand that everyone's in the family of Adam, but not everybody's in the family of God. They must choose to believe. And some people are in the family of the devil. And once they're there, they can't go back. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand that. Help us, Lord, to just uh, give ourselves over to trying to reach people with the gospel before it's too late. And uh, Lord... I pray that you would uh, help us, Lord, as we just continue to...